Living Wisely, Living Well, March 5th. If you want loyalty from others, give them your loyalty first. Loyalty to friends, loyalty to ideals, to commitments, is like a rudder. It holds the bark of life true to its course. It's very interesting uh, fact of the more metaphysical, uh, esoteric side of spiritual practice that the first chakra, the quality of the first chakra is loyalty. So if we're thinking about building our spiritual life, you know, on a, uh, what, what, how do we build up, you know, through the chakras, the power to finally come to God realization at the spiritual eye, the first chakra is about loyalty. And in fact, Master said the first law, loyalty is the first law of God, is how he put it, which is a very powerful statement. The first law of God is loyalty. Now, when we talk about this from the point of view of the chakras, um, the, the, the first chakra represents the earth element. The chakras go earth, water, fire, air, what they call ether, which actually means um, a, a, a substance that is more subtle than air, but is still a material s- substance. And then Master uses the phrase super ether, ether to describe the, the spiritual eye, which is sort of a made-up word, but it, it means moving beyond the material plane to something even more subtle than that. And those um, elements are the descent of spirit from the, completely from the formless through all the stages of manifestation, what you would say the more and more gross stages of material manifestation, to when it gets to the first chakra, we're in the earth element. And the characteristic of the earth element is that it has a fixed reality. You know, I have my glasses in my hand and I have my book, and Einstein tells me, and so do all the physicists, and so do all the Vedas, that these are actually the same substance, that this is all just energy and vibration. But because it's all the way down to the earth element, no matter how hard I try to push them together, they, they, they still hold their form. Because on this level of reality, form, um, form is solid, forms are solid. Just to begin the story, which I'm not going to finish here, when you move up to the water element, water still has a distinct identity, a perceivable distinct identity. But if you take water and pour it on the carpet, it becomes the carpet. If you pour it into a cup, it becomes the cup. You know, if you pour it into a river, it becomes the river. It's still always water, but its form is much more mutable. So we're only going to talk right at the moment about the earth chakra because the, the the whole thing about the chakras is very interesting, and you can, um, I and others have talked about it. You can find my classes on it with a little bit of searching, but not much, and you can find them. Um, the earth element, that fixed quality of earth, either works for, it, it works in favor of your spiritual search, or it works against your spiritual search, depending on how you orient yourself toward it. So loyalty itself is to have, as as Swami writes it here in a very clear way, it's the rudder, it's what guides you. When I was um, a a younger person, I I came onto the spiritual path before I was 20. 
I was quite seriously devoted to the path before I was 20. So I didn't have much life before without this, but I had more than I would have liked to have had. And through my teen years especially, um, I was was very conscious of my capacity for dedication. I I was very conscious of my capacity for idealism. And, and for commitment to something I believed in. But I didn't have anything that I believed in. I was remembering recently, I was talking to a member of my family, and I was remembering during those years saying to my father that I never intended to enter the world that he had spent his life in. And I wasn't talking about going into the family business or something because we didn't have one. That wasn't it. But my father had lived his life in, in a... He, he was a, 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 an expansive thinker, an extremely honorable man, and, and did many good deeds in his life. But nonetheless, his life was right in the middle of mainstream society. And, you know, when I was 15 or 16, I just knew I was never going to live that life. Or phrasing it differently, I was terrified that I might end up living that life, but my inner commitment was that I was never going to do it, but I didn't know what I was going to do. And then I found self-realization, and then at the, at the age of 22, when I was committed to self-realization, I met Swami Kriyananda. And at that point, I understood what I was looking for. I, I saw that changing consciousness... Um, developing the inward awareness that comes through meditation and then and then sharing everything i discovered with everybody else who was interested and and i basically i haven't stepped off of that in 50 years i've been absolutely loyal to the truth as i understood it now that's served me wonderfully because it's been a very high and expansive truth. And I've had to become more refined in my understanding of, of what self-realization is. You know, my initial enthusiasm was kind of a romantic, what Master calls the romance of religion, where you, know, where you just sort of get to go off and drop out of society and you never have to deal with any normal human problems or anything like that. You just... Get, get to take a holiday, which is not what self-realization really is. Self-realization is the most intensely real. I, um, during, the, during the 70s, toward the end of the 70s, the Ananda community in Nevada City, which is where I lived for 16 years, which was the first Ananda community, was part of a whole wave in America of back-to-the-land experiments, cooperative living experiments, Ananda was then and is now one of the most notable successes of that era, and uh, we and I was often the spokes the public spokesperson, not the only, but I was often a public sp- spokesperson for the community, and we'd made this beautiful slideshow, and I went on a, a a journey, and I was traveling up down the west coast, and I, among other things, I was showing the slideshow and talking about our way of life, our community way of life. And it was like a six-week tour. And for four weeks, every single time I'd show those slides, people would say to me, well, that works fine for you, but how do these ideas work in the real world, they'd say. 
And for four weeks, I just answered that question pretty seriously. Now, could it have been a six-week tour? It must have been a four-week tour. Six weeks seems too long. But anyway, it was a while. For several weeks, I would answer that question. I would answer it as it was asked. And I would talk about the practical nature of meditation and attunement to God and yoga and just all the different things. Vegetarianism, healthful living, you can practice it anywhere. But somewhere along the line, I suddenly realized that the question was a completely daft question. Because where I was living, especially then, it was very stark. We, were, um, we had very little money. I lived in this tiny trailer, which was wonderful. No electricity. <clears throat> we were completely off the grid. <clears throat> we were very close to nature. We were separated from radio and television. Although, you always get the news. You get it anyway. It just comes in through the... You breathe it through the oxygen. I don't know how. And we meditated. We, we seriously worked on ourselves. We had no way of, of distracting ourselves. There were no movies. There was, no, as I said, no television, no discos, no bars. We didn't drink. It's like we were right in our own consciousness. Whereas the average person lives surrounded by distractions. And any time any real thought that has to be dealt with comes up, you just go off and do something else. You turn on the TV, you turn on the radio, or you turn them both on. Or you go out to the movies, or you open a beer, you know, or you just go carousing with your friends. It's like what is considered to be the ordinary life is a constant running away from knowing who I am knowing the nature of reality. So I began to become quite feisty when that question was asked. And I said, look, this is the real world, the world, the life that we're living, not because it was in the country and not because we didn't have television or electricity, but because we were committed to a eternal set of values and and our life was completely dedicated to it. And this is what Swamiji is talking about. You know, when you find true values, when you find true friends, um, you you don't waver. And when it becomes inconvenient, when it becomes self-sacrificing, you don't waver. Because loyalty is the first law of God. Now, be certain, however, that you're giving your loyalty to the right thing. And this is where I was going to say that the earth chakra goes both ways, because people also become fanatical in the earth chakra. They just pick some value and they become fixed and rigid on it and they're not elastic in their thinking, they're not broad in their thinking and everybody who doesn't agree with me is an enemy or, or you just become um, pig-headed is the actual word just like whatever ideas I have I'm just going to stick with them no matter what the evidence and, but loyalty to truth makes you soft, makes you humble makes you open, but it doesn't make you unfocused. You know, the earth element is solid and it can make you focus. So this is what Swamiji is talking about. You know, be a truth seeker. There was a a young girl in our school. Um, She was like the sixth or seventh grade. Very smart girl and a strong thinker. and had a lot of confidence in herself. She, she was a, the kind of girl who looked considerably older than she was. She was just a very 
highly developed person in many ways. And she had decided that she was an atheist. No, she was an agnostic, I believe. Let me think about it for a second. What did she actually say? She may have said that she was an atheist, but her teacher, at the right moment, at the right time, said, you know, I don't really think you're an atheist. I think you're a truth seeker. Because what you really are saying is that you're not going to take anybody else's word for it. And you're not convinced, and you want to keep looking. That's why she might have said agnostic rather than atheistic. And she was had enough integrity that later on, that's how she began to define herself. And I, I took the opportunity to reinforce it. I said, what you want to be loyalty is loyal to as truth is truth as best you are able to understand it with the open-minded attitude that says, maybe my understanding isn't yet complete. But what, what I'm searching for is not this answer or that answer or this religion or that dogma or yes, there's a God, no, there's a God, but just I want to know what's true. And if we want to know what's true, then our loyalty becomes very expansive. And that's how I've, my fundamental premises, just because of my karma, have really not wavered since I was, I was 18. Because at 18, I understood that consciousness was everything and that the purpose of my life was to expand and to refine my consciousness. But because my real loyalty is to truth, I've been able to constantly r- refine my understanding of what it is I'm loyal to. And, and that's, that's really what we're looking for. We're not trying to be pig-headed, but we're also not trying to be air-headed either. We're just looking for this ray. And if we're fortunate, if we're fortunate, we'll, we'll catch some ray early on that opens up into infinity. And then this is where Swami says, you know, it can be your rudder. You have a point at which you can measure everything, whether that's joy, God, service to others, whatever it might be. Make it as expansive as possible and make yourself as elastic as possible without ever letting go of your fundamental ideals. And you'll find that loyalty will serve you um, Far more, far more beautifully than you can even imagine. Swami says, If you want loyalty from others, give them your loyalty first. Loyalty to friends, to ideals, to commitments is like a rudder. It holds the bark of life true to its course. God bless you, my friends. <laughs>